Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. Money FM 89.3, good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danker together with Ziaul Raushan for another review of weekend football activity. Yeah, I like Mondays. It gives us a lot to talk about, especially the weekend that just went by. Yes, uh, some people won titles, some people threw away titles. Let's start with uh, the Arsenal situation. A massive title blow with a home loss to Brighton, 3-0. Oh my God, I don't even know where to start. Uh, but I do have a question with regards to Arsenal. Um, they are probably not going to win the league. Yeah, certainly I doubt so. City's right. just one one win away from right. winning the league. So imagine you're an Arsenal fan right now. Do you look at this season glass half empty or glass half full? Uh, that's a good question. That's a very good question. It's one that's weighing big on Arsenal fans' minds as well as mine because I feel like the narrative right now is, oh, Arsenal have outdone themselves. Finishing second is still a great achievement. Ateta getting Champions League football. But considering how long they were leading the pack, mm. this must feel like a massive disappointment for anyone connected with Arsenal. So a couple of reality checks here, right? You would have thought Arsenal would have gone far in the Europa League. They easily should have gotten to the final. That did not happen, all right? Uh, League Cup, obviously not. FA Cup, obviously not. Leading the pack for a long time in the Premier League. Looks like they're losing it. And you got to imagine that next year, right? You see, City win the league, right? And they go ahead and buy Erling Haaland. So next year, who are they going to buy? Time will tell because it looks like they would reinforce, I think. And Arsenal, who are they going to buy? Who wants to go to Arsenal? Yeah, I think that's why your question about glass half full, glass empty falls true because where to from here? That's the question Arsenal have done, outdone themselves. I'll I'll give them credit for that to put on a title charge with the young squad they have. But then you need to grow from this. You need to build on this. Mm. And is the market filled with possibilities for them? And if so, do Arsenal have the cash to go out and spend? I think... I think Arsenal have done well to keep it alive for this long, but ultimately, Arsenal are the makers of their own misery in this sense where they have bottled it and allow as much as the City juggernaut is just so difficult to beat. I think Arsenal can only blame themselves for the position they find themselves. I mean, they're going to look at themselves and and, and go, or even a fan is going to be thinking, hey, this is the best that we have achieved in such a long time. You know, the chances of topping this is always a question mark. Is it really 50-50? Where did it all go wrong for Arsenal? For me, my personal observation was after the World Cup, they just weren't enough bodies in there, quality bodies to really boost. You thought that with the signing of Jorginho uh, was going to help uh, in the January transfer window, but uh, he's he's gone missing. Yeah, we talk about the signings, right? Jorginho wasn't the first choice signing. They wanted Brighton's Casiedo, didn't get him, yeah. settled for Jorginho. Same for Trossard, they wanted Modric so badly, he opted yeah. for Chelsea. So they haven't had the pick of the bunch in terms of the signings they wanted. They had to make do in that sense. While Jorginho and um, Trossard are shrewd investments, considering yeah. they come with Premier League experience, have they really elevated the dressing room in order to continue that fight exactly. towards the title? I'm not sure. And, and there lies the problem, right? You talk about this young squad, you hope this young squad will learn something and I think Arsenal have been lucky in a sense where we've seen Liverpool, Chelsea and Spurs fall by the wayside this season so that spot in the top four has opened up for them same for Newcastle same for Manchester United only City are the bottom 
want to fight through and through top four candidates there. The rest have a fight on their hands. And I think yeah. next season for Arsenal, now there'll be inflated expectations. I think the fans will expect at least a trophy from Ateta because mm. like the point you made earlier, they exited the League Cup early, the FA Cup early and the Europa League fairly early because they put all their eggs in the Premier League basket. Hasn't really worked out. I think Ateta needs a bit of silverware just to show that, look, we're going to be there, thereabouts, challenging for a title and that's going to be difficult against a City team. But you can still count on us to deliver some sort of trophies to get the fans excited. Let's look down the road. Below Arsenal, we've got Newcastle, who surely they'll be worried about. Eddie Howe makes very shrewd signings, and you'll expect them to to rise. Manchester United are on the rise, without a doubt. Liverpool in fifth. Hey, don't play a fool. Huh? Not a very good season, and we know they need to fix their midfield. Jurgen Klopp might be saying, oh, I'm not going to get Jude Bellingham, but maybe he's just a smokescreen. I'd be worried about Brighton. Spurs, you might as well write off next season as well, because they can't even settle a manager right now. But what about Aston Villa in eighth? Had a manager come in, you know, without a preseason, midway through the season. Unai Emery, he could do great things for this Aston Villa side. Yeah, this Aston Villa team have really taken to Unai Emery, right? I think Unai Emery came with a point to prove in the Premier League and he's done just that at Aston Villa. What I'm particularly excited about Aston Villa is they're hiring not just new managers, new staff, new players. They're also changing it up in terms of sporting directors. Yeah. So I believe the sporting director from Barcelona is going to come along to Aston Villa in the off-season. Wow. And then that comes with great clout. You're obviously Spanish, so you have a link to Unai Emery. Mm. So to your point, it's not as straightforward anymore, is it? It's not the big six, this European powerhouses you talk about. But the likes fun. of Yeah, it is. It is. It totally is because suddenly you have Aston Villa and Brighton, who mm. Brighton, by many people's accounts, is the second favourite team to most of us, right? And they, they did well to end Arsenal's charge last night. I, I'm just thinking, like, with especially some news out of the weekend for Chelsea, right? What does this mean for English managers? I think maybe Eddie Howe stands apart from this. He's lucky, but how long is he going to stay in the Newcastle job? They'll probably want to upgrade themselves, right? Graham Porter lost that job at Chelsea. Frank Lampard has made a mess of it. Steven Gerrard out of Aston Villa. In comes Maurizio Pochentino for Chelsea next season. It looks all but confirmed. Uh, you know, if everything plays out right, Chelsea could be a great talking point next year from a good or even a bad standpoint. Yeah, you're right. They could be either superbly good under Pochettino or mm. he's going to take a while to mould this team yeah. into his liking, right? Yeah, so I yeah. think with Chelsea, at least the tools are there for him. The signings, whether it's his signings or not, most of them are there. They are quality, good, young players. And yeah. we know Pochettino does well to work with younger players. So I think the squad is there. The fact that Chelsea have taken this long to negotiate the deal with Pochettino mm. sits well with me because he's not just jumping on the Premier League bandwagon. Yes. He's yes. had extensive discussions with Todd Bowley, who in my mind is a bit like Elon Musk, a bit of a difficult boss to work with. But he's had extensive discussions trying to find out just the part he will play because yep. I think Pochettino learned a lot from his time at PSG. He didn't have complete control there. He was maybe just a glorified babysitter. Yeah. I think with Chelsea, he wants... An opportunity at the Premier League again, for sure. He's unfinished business the way it ended at Spurs. But he also wants to know that it's the right fit for him. And I think Chelsea, in that way, they written off this season a long time ago when they brought mm. Lampard on. Mm. Now it's all eggs in next season's basket. And for Todd Bowley's sake, I don't think he can afford a second season as bad as the first season, yeah. right? They need yeah. minimum Champions League qualification. But hey, when Conte yeah. won the title with Chelsea... 
Chelsea didn't have European football yeah. that season, so they only concentrated on the league. Could we see that from Pochettino next season? Chelsea fans will be hoping so. I'm certainly interested to find out. I mean, with Pochettino, it's a proper manager. You know, you look at the situation, a proper manager. With Graham Porter, it was always an up-and-coming. Thomas Tuchel was a proper manager. Frank Lampard is not even a glorified babysitter. And and I just want to draw back to that question, you know, with this appointment, what does it mean for English managers by Eddie Howe? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question because I think Graham Potter got the job because there was so much clamour for English managers yeah. to get top jobs. And unfortunately, the way it's worked out, it's going to leave a bad taste in the mouth for most... Uh, hires who want yeah. to hire English managers yeah. and I think that's the problem now you look at the likes of Sam Allardyce coming back that doesn't speak well for the younger English managers looking to make a name for themselves right so it is worrying and I think it's about time there was a reality check in terms of English managers and mm. this is just my opinion I do think with the press there may be an inflated expectation for what mm. English managers can go out and achieve Eddie Howe like you say is the only one who stands out amongst his peers and right now I think he's the for me, manager of the season, quite honestly. But yeah. it's going to be a problem for other English managers. And it's not just the English managers botching their opportunities, right? You look at the likes of Deserby coming to Brighton yeah. and ripping the script completely. Yeah. Then there's an eye on European managers. Is it sexier to hire a lesser-known uh, European manager who can then take the Premier League by storm? Continental football, as they used to say in the 90s, right? But yeah, that Sam Allardyce story. But, you know, just to your point on Sam Allardyce, you know, like uh, an older statesman still hanging around what does it mean for the younger managers? Um, let's be fair. Sam Allardyce is your go-to bottom six guy. He's going to keep you safe in the league. You're never going to hire Sam Allardyce to uh, take you to the top of the Premier League summit, right? Um, and, and congrats to Sam Allardyce for holding Newcastle to all over the weekend. Uh, Leeds United trying to stay in there. They're still in relegation zone. But hey, who knows? Uh, they might just survive after all. Um, <laughs> that question and debate, you know, really continues about English managers. But I tell you what, over in Spain, uh, they pull all sorts of levers uh, in the summer, and it's paid off. Yeah, it for has. Barcelona. Yeah, and from a story perspective, it's always nice when a club stalwart like Xavi came along yeah. in his first full season in charge. He's gone on to win the league, and they've done well to win the league. I do think it's a bit of a lack of a competition in terms of Real Madrid not really showing up in La Liga. Mm. They'll save that for the Champions League, I mm-hmm, assume. Mm-hmm. But good for Xavi in terms of winning the league in his first full season. I think he's like you say, had to deal with a lot of background stuff in terms of finances. I think the problem with Barcelona winning the league now is it's almost there are more questions in terms of where to from here rather than answers because yes they've done the necessary to win the league but a bit like Arsenal they fell out of the cup competitions fairly early yeah. so yeah. they concentrated fully on the league there's this giant cloud of Lionel Messi returning hanging over the club yeah. they're out of Camp Nou next season so there's a lot of moving parts to this Barcelona story that I'm quite interested to see how it will pan out but let's not take anything away from the fact that they just won their title especially beating their local rivals Espanyol to do it which is I'm sure always nice you know, players that I really like, Jukunde, uh, uh, Alexander Balde uh, scoring there. But uh, I guess this is a bit of vindication for Robert Lewandowski scoring two goals. You know, he really wanted that move to Barcelona. Got it, age 32. Not too bad. Quite nice to see Lewandowski take on uh, Karim Benzema in uh, La Liga. But um, you brought up so many issues. And, and, and just as a closing discussion, right? Xabi is probably now looking at the situation. Does he get distracted? Should he get distracted by this whole Lionel Messi going back to Barcelona? I mean, if you were Xabi, would you take back Messi? 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't purely because, and this is not any disservice to Lionel Messi yeah. because Lionel Messi, in my opinion, is He's probably the greatest, the greatest yeah. footballer yeah. to ever play. But it comes with baggage. Yeah. And then you talk about Lewandowski. He, yes, in his first season, he scored a bunch of goals to lead Barcelona to the title. But up front next season, do you really want Messi and Lewandowski, who would be a combined age of above 70, yes. to be leading the charge, especially yes. with Xavi and the football he wants to play? Yes. I just don't know if it's worth the circus. But then there is the nostalgic point of view where Messi was sort of forced out of Barcelona when he had to leave to PSG because of the finances so do they want to give Messi a fond farewell to one of their favourite sons it'd be interesting to see but you bring back Leo Messi to, to, to the camp now even though they won't be playing there next season uh, renovations and all that um do you start Leo Messi? Is this a conversation that you really want to be having distracting you from your preseason prep? Because with Barcelona, you see how they've sorted the midfield. The Frankie de Jong situation is going to come back again next season without a doubt, but not too bad. You you see players that are in place. You will definitely want to s- solve your attacking options because how long are you going to depend on Robert Lewandowski? Maybe in Spain, he can cut it another one, two years. You bring back Leo Messi... You gotta have that conversation. Do I start you? Do I not start you? People start to boo. You know, fans, uh, they can just turn on you and your job's not safe anymore. Exactly. It's the added pressure, right? And someone like Lionel Messi, I'm not comparing him to Ronaldo because Ronaldo's a bit of a firecracker, but can you really afford to bench someone like Lionel Messi and not let the crowd get on you? Those are problems that Xavi could probably do without and that's why I stand on the side that fairy tale or not, Messi should probably cut his losses and not come back to Barcelona. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.